Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Yes, guys, it's Tane. I just sound a little nasal. Just a <laughs> little? Just a little? <laughs> Just a little. Let me tell you guys, I have this affliction. I think that's what I call it. Every time I get on a plane, I get sick, which as you as you may deduce, I, I travel quite a little bit. So I'm just sick all the time. But from the last two travels, nothing's happened to me. And I still mask up on the plane and everything. So I thought I was free. So I went on a plane last weekend and I came back and then Monday, it was a nightmare. And since then, it's I've just been going through it fighting for my life, fighting for air, to breathe. <laughs> if you're fighting, you have to go to the hospital. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, it's just a head cold. It should be gone soon. But nothing stops when it comes to maths. We talk about maths. I'm glad you mentioned that you wore a mask. That's going to be everybody's first question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there's nobody else, actually. I feel like I'm the only one. <laughs> but... Yeah, it uh, it didn't escape me this time. I actually thought I was like, that's the reason why, blah, blah, blah. it doesn't matter, I guess. So uh, sorry about that. Thanks, thanks, thanks. All right. Do you have any updates you want to share? All right, everybody. So last week we did Seeking Brother Husbands on Patreon. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, go check it out. Um we have a little delay for next week's episode. Instead of it being out on uh, Friday, as it normally would, it would be out the next Tuesday, which is May 23rd. So next week when there's no episode, so sorry, we, we, I have a commitment. And so we will have to record a little bit later. And so the episode will be out late. Yes, you get something. <laughs> so Tane, what is happening though in Maths Land? Um... Not a lot, not a lot, but um, Katina put up an announcement saying that she is leaving Instagram. It was a thing. She said, this is my last night on Instagram. Thank you for all the love and DMs throughout my journey. Maybe one day we'll meet in real life. In the morning, I'll be deleting this app. Thank you for all your kind words, love and support, but it's time for me to lock on God and being a real human. Maybe one day I'll be back, but until then, take care. So I'm guessing they broke up again. This is not the airport. You do not need to announce your departure. Like, I don't understand it. I love it when someone makes takes a social media break and then comes back and is like, I was on a break. Never, ever did I notice they were gone. Even people who I follow, good friends with, I don't notice. Can I defend Katina a little bit? Sure. There will be people like us, me, who's going to be like, oh, she hasn't posted in a minute. Not sure what's going on. Because if you notice, um, who hasn't posted? Um, Mia from Houston just went away again. She didn't do an announcement or maybe she who's, did and I missed who's it. Who's Mia? Oh my God. Am I saying the wrong name? 
um, Michaela. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> no, we really don't talk about the people who are gone, though. Like, we don't mention that Michaela doesn't post. That's true. But I noticed. <laughs> so there's that. But good on her if that's what she wants to do. If being on social media is a detriment, I think people always forget that it's a choice. If it affects your life, the quality of life in any shape or form, please feel free to do what you need to do. Um, Lindy didn't ask me anything. And someone asked how she gets to travel so much. And she says she makes her own schedule for work. And she could do like four days a month and the days that she travels. And then she's unpaid the rest of the time. And Is when it Lindy she, or Lindsay? Lindy. Lindy told us on the show the same information. So I don't know why people are asking. Did they not watch the show? Maybe they didn't. Someone like me, I forgot. This <laughs> felt like new information to me. So four hours when she's not tra traveling. But the thing that got me the most was at the end where she says, I'm poor, but I'm happy. And then I, then I wanted to ask, like, but then insurance, is that still important? I don't know. So. Uh, hopefully she can get on the marketplace this year. Yeah. Um, Taylor from D.C. Um, remember, she wiped out all the pictures, hasn't spoken about her man. And she had, like, a cryptic post. And then next thing I saw was, like, a picture with him there in New York. So I think they're back together. Okay. Um, Lindsay... Is still going through divorce woes. Again, I thought that was done, but she posted something about being in the court. It's finally done. And then she had to go to social security. I guess she changed her name. So she had to change it back. So I guess to change it back, which I'm surprised Lindsay did with all of the turmoil that she had with Mark the shark. I'm very surprised. So um beth didn't ask me anything said she's not ready to talk about it when she's ready she will talk about it but is she... that not the opposite of anything <laughs> um but she's staying in denver she's not moving she likes it and someone asked did she know that jamie was going to air their business and she's like nope and that's all i've got to say about that um, so Alexis shares that she has vitiligo. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but you know, the skin condition that people have, um, she shared it without any context. She just put a caption and said that. And then she came back the next day and she was like, thanks for all the kind words, but for everyone that's saying whatever, that she's not trying to hide it through makeup. Cause you know, she does makeup videos and gorgeous makeup, I might add, but she's just saying like, she's just trying to show like whatever, uh, state your skin is in that you should feel confident and you're still a bad bitch regardless of what it is and I think that's a good message great message and that is it and we will be right back to talk about this wrap it up in a bow episode I guess <laughs> <laughs> life doesn't happen bi-weekly so why should payday the money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In 
to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in AltoCall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AltoCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their ginger lime mule, and Grapefruit Paloma, which happens to be my favorites, you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash MAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much, so Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we are back. (coughs) And we start with a selfie cam of Clint talking about how he was caught off guard by what Gina said yesterday. He's like, she said I had an odd, strange energy. And he's like trying to quantify, why would she say that? None of these things have been vocalized before. He says it doesn't feel good and it doesn't make sense. Eris is at Mayweather Boxing and Fitness, which I'm going to be honest, there's a Mayweather here in Houston. I had no idea it was a chain. I just... <laughs> I thought the one in Houston was the only one. I never thought about it, but they have one in Nashville. Yeah. Um, trainer Vito is giving McKinley and Eris instructions as they learn about boxing. <clears throat> I love how they're giving McKinley airtime. They're like, you are going to be on camera regardless. We will find ways. I, have, I think that he must do something very dramatic or be central to a storyline in the after show episodes. Or was Dom just not willing to film? Or did they cut out her parts where she filmed? Because we never see the women talking to each other one-on-one. I don't know. Do you think Dom wants anything to do with this show? (laughs) She came on After Party plenty. Well, we'll see. So Mac and Eris sit down. And Mac asks Eris how he's feeling about Decision Day. 
If only we had done a count of how many times we got that question in this episode. There were a lot. Yeah. There were a lot. So Mac asks if Eris and Jasmine have made any progress on the attractiveness. And Eris says, you know, we've listened to a lot of people. You know, Dr. Pia talked to us about redefining intimacy. It really made a difference, but he says they're not where he wants to be. But they are sleeping in the same bed, unlike Clint and Gina. The comparisons continue all the time. Eris talks about possibly staying yes and doing it their way, that the process is a pressure cooker, and removing the stress will help them grow. Uh, Do you... I have said many a time before that I don't believe that... If you can't make it work with the cameras, I don't think you can make it work without the cameras. What do you think? Um, I don't know a definitive answer, but I think it's worth a shot finding out. Like, honestly, as much grief as we give them for different situations, I can't imagine what it's like to have your life scheduled. Imagine not being able to do what you want to do because you have to show up for filming. You have to do this. You have to have conversations that you can't get. That is a lot of pressure. But I think it's worth giving it a shot outside of it. As long as, I think what we've always said is, as long as it's not a definite no, like a dom where it's like my gut was telling me I can't be with you, just give it a shot outside and just know for sure outside of cameras that it's not. There's a lot of pressure being on camera. Okay. I mean, it can't hurt anything. I just think it's a waste of time for them. Um, That's fair. I, I mean, you get the people who say, yes, it doesn't work outside. <laughs> so, hey. I, and then I think part of me is like, not only is it a waste of time, but it adds to the fake success rate. <laughs> like, <laughs> it makes the experts feel real good. And it's like, for what? That is a good question. How do they measure? Is it based on who says yes on decision day or who stayed together? I think in real life, if you asked an expert, they would say based on who stays together. But I think if you asked a producer of the show, it's who would says yes on decision day. Interesting. So then it has to be adjusted for inflation because like <laughs> Beth and Jamie go down, Olajuwon go down. So I mean, interesting. So, Eris tells Mac, I've been hearing things about you and DMs. And Mac's like, what'd you hear? And he said he slid into Gina's DMs. We have seen this on preview many, many a time. I will say that I thought when he was on preview, he was outside on a park bench. And this time he's in a gym with Eris. Um, You see why... Your memory cannot be trusted because I was so sure too. And I was like, wait, I don't know. So no one should ever call me to testify because <laughs> I will send you to jail. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, so then we find out that Gina ha- is following or friends with, per social media, a famous singer. And Mac messaged her to see if he could hook if she could hook him up with the famous singer, even though he knows he doesn't have a chance with the famous singer, but he thinks Gina's good looking and he gets along with her, but all the women on the show are good looking and he would go out with her. Circumstances are different. And then in an interview, he says, if Gina and Clint got divorced, he might try it. Now, as I, when I was watching it, I believed what Mac was saying. Now that I'm repeating it, I'm like, wait a second. What part are you questioning? Did he really just message her to get someone else's information? Ah, Okay. Yes. 
it sounds fishy. I mean, all I really wanted to know was who it was. I was like, <laughs> what country singer uh, would it be? But also, that's just such a random thing. You know that you're not going to have a shot. And then the Gina is just going to be like, you're just using me for the friend. Like, why would I do that one? And then it just sounded like a made up story. And I'm like, that's all you said. And that's all there was. You don't have her number. There's no group chat. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, this is the, okay. Gina and Clint are doing so badly that I would not be mad at Mac if he was sliding into Gina's DMs. I mean, let it RIP first. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Technically, they're still married. And I'm in Jamaica. Yeah, unofficially. <sighs> so next up is Kirsten and Shaq. They go to this very cute house. Why are we at this house? To meet with Caitlin, who's a singer-songwriter. She's excited that they're there. And they sit down with Caitlin and they write a song together. Every corner in Nashville has like this studio house looking thing that you can go record a song. If you're, I don't know if you were watching that season, but even the Real Housewives of New Jersey, they did the same thing. I, I did not watch that season. Yeah, they went in like, there, they threw out words, they made a song and then they recorded it. It's interesting because whatever industry your city has, people have to like adapt to it. Nashville is where people come to make music. You're not all going to be on the CMA singing your heart out. So what do the second tier people do to make a living? This isn't a bad one. This was, I was, my expectations were real low. But the way that they did the, they portrayed the experience and like Shaq was coming up with some good lines. Mm -hmm. One call your way and I'll be right at your back. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Um, It was pretty good. It wasn't bad. But sorry, you just said, what did the second tier people do? And I'm just like in Nashville, they're second, third, fourth, fifth, every <laughs> single person, not an exaggeration, is a singer-songwriter. And they really do believe in their hopes and dreams. Like, I'm not trying to dash anybody, but of course, statistically, not everybody's going to make it. Like, even our tour guide, he said he's a singer-songwriter. But the thing is, like, every single bar has, like, live music. So they're able to make a living. Everyone's just singing. You see someone, they're leaving one job because they're going to another job to go sing. And I'm just like, that's what the second, third, fourth, fifth tier people are doing. They still call themselves legit singer-songwriters in some shape or form. <laughs> I So I, I didn't realize that as part of, I thought they were going to write the song together, then the professional singer-songwriter was going to sing the song and that would be the end of it. So I was quite shocked when Kirsten is on the microphone recording the track. <laughs> that was Kirsten. the original plan. That was the original plan. Now, Shaq was like, you should sing. <laughs> now, I don't... I'm here to observe. Kirsten isn't, like, terrible. She's you terrible. Know? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's not like... No. You know, if she went on American Idol, she wouldn't be laughed out of the room, per se. But she's also not very good to sing. She's, like, not bad enough to not sing, but not good enough that she should. My notes say, damn, she was so out of tune. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> and then they did another version of the song where the real the singer-songwriter is like, her name is Caitlin. Um, Caitlin is singing backing vocals for Kirsten. That version of the song is much better. Yeah, put some auto-tune on that bitch. <laughs> um, it was, I mean, I'm, do I remember one single note of that song? But it was pleasant to listen to. Um. <laughs> I mean, so, Shaq, liked, Shaq liked it. 
I mean, he sat there and wrote half the thing. Of course he liked it. <laughs> so they sit on the porch. Very cute porch. Kirsten asked Shaq, did he have a good time? He said it was their best date ever. She talks about how sentimental. She knows that he wants to feel security. And we talk about her family dynamic. She says, this is the first time it's said here on the show instead of After Party, that her dad isn't willing to film. But that she will see her dad, her brother, her aunts, and they'll really have time to see her family after they're done filming, basically. I, it, I'm... I'm so bothered by how it took eight weeks to tell us her dad doesn't want to film because I, I swear I'm not crazy. Right. That was not the excuse in the first few weeks. I am having, it was not the excuse on this show. I feel (laughs) like it was either her or Jasmine on after party. I think she said that her dad didn't want to film on after party, like the, the wedding episode. No, Jasmine said that. Well, Jasmine said that her dad wasn't willing to take a COVID test. Oh, yeah, that's true. I think Kirsten said her dad didn't want to film. Oh, I thought two weeks ago was the first time we heard it. Because I remember making the same complaint. Like, how is this the first time we're hearing this? Because even when she said, you haven't met my dad, she just kept saying no. Because she kept saying scheduling. She said the schedules don't match and she had to do this and everyone's working. And then all of a sudden, two weeks ago, we hear he doesn't want to film. Okay. That yeah, that sounds, that tracks. And I'm just, um, that was the case. That makes sense from the beginning, but I don't know. Someone let us know what it was. I don't know. So they talk. It's a lot of talking. But um, he once again reiterate that support is the only thing he needs. And she says, I'm here for you. And I always tell you that. It may not be how you expect it. Um, And then Shaq starts whining. You know, when you have certain moments, when you have stuff going on, I'm actively listening. That's how I show support. But it's not always reciprocal. It was very unspecific. Very unspecific. And Kirsten in an interview says that she feels like she's supportive and she hopes that Shaq knows that. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I don't I don't know what else Shaq wants. I mean, people are saying or telling us on Twitter they she he just wants her to be a trophy wife. And then when they're not in public, he just wants her to be in the background. I mean, we see him walk in and ignore her pretty much. So I don't know what support he's looking for. But like you said, he can't verbalize it. So I feel like this whole thing has been flipped on its head because there was nothing in that conversation about what Shaq could do to be better. Okay. So question, sorry, going back to the dad, if if the camera was the issue, a lot of things happen off camera. We didn't meet Olajuwon's mom. Why is that still an issue? Like something about the whole thing. I'm sorry to harp on, but something about it doesn't ring true to me. They can meet off camera. I mean, eventually, but at this point, I'm just like, why are we harping on this when there's an easy fix for this? I had said it long ago. Because I think we had guessed fairly early that the man didn't want to film. And we said it. Why can't they go meet him off film? People do that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't. it's not a good look for Kirsten. <laughs> and I don't know if she's trying to cover for the producers in the court of that, course of that she looks like a liar. Or if she really never wanted to introduce him 
um, because she sure did have excuses. That's what I'm leaning towards. I think the moment she realized maybe she was feeling shocked, then she got comfortable enough. <laughs> she At the end, she says that she feels like things will get better, but it's up to him to believe her. So we get this beautiful shot of just beautiful green, green grass and farmland. Big, expansive, wide shots, probably with a drone or something. Looked very nice. And we, then we see Clint in the car. And the funny thing is, is the way they show it, I was like, is he in the car, Regina? Or is <laughs> somebody cut, else? They cut her off. <laughs> like, until they pan to her face, I was like, oh, Gina's here. <laughs> um, In an interview, he talks about the disparaging comments. And he thought it was an unwarranted character attack, but he wants to rise above it and enjoy the day and the moment. So they get to the place, they meet a nice lady. Clint asks if he can wear his cowboy hat. Um, Gina in an interview said that she's like sort of regretful or sorry that she had to give him a harsh review, but he does have a good amount of maturing to do. So they talk about horses with the nice lady whose name I don't remember. Then they ride the horses and it looks very pleasant. Clint says he has a picnic basket. Production has a picnic basket. So they sit down and they have some 2014 Married at First Sight. I guess it's some wine with 2014 and a sticker on it. Because I bet you no one in 2014 was like making wine for Married at First Sight. <laughs> um, <laughs> they sit in a very awkward silence. And then Clint says he enjoyed this. But he says this week has been crazy. It's emotionally crazy. And that there are things that she touched on and he was taken aback. The thing about the autumn weird energy. Gina says that wasn't her exact verbiage. These editors read her a little bit for filth. Yep. And, <laughs> and we hear her say to Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper, bizarre energy. <laughs> yep. Back to the present, she insists that he's bizarre and outrageous. And she doubles down. And he says he didn't know how to process what she said because it came out of left field. Um... And then she says, so I want to make sure that I, I note the list of things that she described him as in this conversation, because she calls him a silly jokester, crass, loud, drunk. <laughs> That's five words, guys. All negative. Clint was like, oh, on special occasions, yeah. And he says, I'm eccentric. And then she compares it to the honeymoon, which doesn't have anything to do with this. She's like, well, you know, when you say something and it's not quite what you meant. I mean, but you just said it again, even worse. What do you mean that you didn't mean it? Well, I was fuming at this point that I chose to interpret as her calling him a ginger. And that's not what she meant versus her still laying accusations on him on top of everything else, because I was fuming at this scene. First, I didn't say it. Then I said it. And it, she says it even worse. I mean, she called it a harsh review. It's a human being, not a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're calling him out on all the all his characteristics. Like, uh, James, Brad James uh, rightly said, like, those are his things that he's fine with it. And he's a 40-year-old man. And you just come here and you're just, like, decimating this man for nothing. My own question was, does he have to hold all this in until they have this date? Or do you think they talked about it at all? Who knows? I mean, I think a fully 50% of the conversations we see are recreations of conversations. Okay. 
<laughs> just because they can't truly film 24 seven. Um, or maybe they're told like to hold stuff until it's time to film. I don't know. Let it fester, let it build inside of you. Yeah. I mean, it was just really infuriating. It's so unfair the way she treats him. And then she just never has any remorse. She's just like doubling down. Like you have to know, what do you mean? If he, if he, if he knew he wouldn't be blindsided. And also when he said, I'm eccentric, why do you not choose those words? Like, why are you not careful? Because if he did the same thing and decides to call her certain things, she would get mad. Of course. This is so wild to me. And then she does the, I apologize for making you feel bad. Which isn't any kind of apology at all. Then they have a very like silly conversation. It's not silly, but it's like, well, we both came in wanting to be married for forever. Um, which I think is a clear indication that they're not planning to stay married. <laughs> yep, it sounded very final. She says that they've covered in two months what most people cover in six months to a year. But then she ends with she wants to think about what she truly needs in a marriage so we can entertain the fiction that one or both of them might say yes next week. <laughs> you know what I really wish? I wish I could see how Gina is in a relationship with someone she likes. That would be something of interest to me. I just want to see a different side of Gina. Like I, like everything now that she does can be attributed to the fact that she doesn't like Clint. So how is she when she does like someone? I have seen enough of these people. <laughs> I don't want to see them in any more context. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so next is Nicole and Chris descending some stairs. Look, people, Nicole's dress was very short. I was saying a prayer that she was wearing underwear because I was like, these cameras... One little tip of the angle and they'll be getting crotch shots. Um, she says she wanted to describe... To, huh, she says she wants to surprise him. And she tells him that a chef is coming. And he's like, Clint? And she says no. He talks about how Clint is a good chef. So, I mean, that kind of... You know, at one point we were worried that he might not be a good chef. I mean, Chris thinks so. Nicole didn't dispute it. Yeah. She didn't agree. <laughs> I was I leaned forward. She didn't agree. <laughs> so they have a very nice dinner. Nicole talks about if she didn't say yes on decision day, it'd be because she was saying yes to the steak. Not really a steak person myself. Um now it's dessert time and they get lavender earl gray creme brulee and they get their own little torches to fire their creme brulee. Man, the show has gone to the shitter. I mean, <laughs> um <laughs> They basically make a competition out of creme brulee. Chris finishes first, but the chef says that Nicole did better. And you can see her celebrating that she won at firing creme brulee. Thank God. Maybe he, maybe she didn't even win. And the producer just told her, just tell her she won. So, so they have a whole discussion about how great they are. Then they get to the living together thing. And I was a little bit bothered by this because the end conclusion seems to be Chris is just not willing to make final decisions before decision day, which I guess at this point they only have what, maybe three days left. Yeah. Um, And he's just like, we'll just wait until after decision day. I was a little frustrated because I interpreted their retreat talk that they would make, take care of this before decision day. I thought that's what they were agreeing to. Apparently not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know where Chris is coming from with this wait till after decision day. It's not like a private thing. It's something they could do off camera if that's the reason. But I'm very curious to see how they solved this issue. I don't think anyone has any doubt that they're saying 
yes to each other. So I'm very curious to see in the reunion how they live or how they managed it, if they did live in separate places or if Kirsten found them a house. (laughs) Just guessing. I'm going to make a prediction that by the reunion... People shock us all the time, though. Like, I didn't imagine that Stasha and Nate would be doing whatever they were doing by the reunion. But I do think they'll find a place to live and be living together by the reunion. I hope so. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand the lease situation. But I think, what do you do in that case? I mean, rent is not cheap. And breaking the lease is very expensive. So, I mean, you get a little money from doing the show. I can't think of a better use for it. Really, the show should be offering to pay those fees for you. That is true. It's a drop in the bucket, and you're the reason why they're in this situation. That is true. I would just ask. The worst you can say is no. I do want to say, because I haven't said it all season, I like Nicole's lip color in the confessional. The little purple-type lipstick that she's wearing in the confessional. I really like it. That's nice. That's nice. Do Do you think Nicole was overthinking the situation? No, I think finding a place to live with my husband is pretty important. Okay. <laughs> I'm team Nicole on A, liking things to be settled, and B, like, just, yeah, not if we're going to be married and we want to move forward, living in separate places is not moving forward. Find a place, sign a lease, figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so last week, Clint and Gina had a meeting with Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal. I don't remember what they were wearing. <laughs> but this week, ever, the remainders get their meeting with Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal, except for Nicole and Chris. So we start with Eris and Jasmine. Uh, they sit down. They're kind of like not sitting next to each other. I mean, they're sitting next to each other, but they're not close. So Eris talks about getting the tools and they've been implementing them and he thinks they've made progress, but not as much as he would have liked or she would have liked, but it's still progress, but they haven't reverted or gone backwards. So they start off apart. Anyway, so Dr. Pepper asks about progress and Eris says, um, and Jasmine says that they've gotten better. Eris is checking in. He's, I guess he's texting her. They're holding hands. They're hugging. And Dr. Pepper says, that's a lot of progress. I was like, I don't really believe that, but okay. (laughs) Pastor Cal asks if they have any ability to affect one another. Do you feel like you've rubbed off on each other any? And Eris says that she speaks up more. She's more outgoing. Eris says that he kind of in social situations needs a drink to loosen up. But when he's with Jasmine, she makes him feel better and some of his social anxiety go away. I was thinking to myself, is Jasmine an emotional support animal? What is this? Oh my God. I was about to say that was a nice thing to say, but you're right too. The funny thing is, I don't think Eris is like a bad person, but I'm deeply cynical about his compliments. They seem genuine though. They are genuine, but they are focused on the wrong things. Because Jasmine's response to this is that she feels good, every day is better, and she loves to hear that she's affected someone in a positive way. Now, at this point, they have gotten closer. Eris is arm around her. So, But you notice that she, either we don't hear it, or it's not said, but what positive effect has Eris had on her? Hmm. Wait, she said it, right? I didn't hear anything. 
it, it's the same speaking up. <laughs> Did she say that he like gave her the ability to speak up or something? I don't know. They say the same things over and over again that I don't know for sure that it was in this conversation. But she did say throughout the episode things, so who knows? So Eris, once again, he says that life is hard. And sometimes when he's going left, Jasmine pulls him to the right. Each of them are learning from each other. And Eris says it's a whole lot of little things. Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper are all like, this is great. They're experiencing intimacy, but they just need to recognize it as intimacy. Eris says that they have a good foundation, but not what they wanted coming into this, but what they have is good. So he says without all the extras, this could potentially happen. So Dr. Pepper makes them face each other and say what they like about each other. And he says that he loves that she's so into things. We've heard this before. She's a great listener. And... This process has been hard and the same compliment. You know, she could have gone crazy, but she didn't. Um, this is where Jasmine says that he's really patient and he um, has caused her to open up because wow. they need it for their marriage. Okay. I still don't know if that counts as a positive effect. Um, <laughs> do still, man. I, mean, I feel like Eris is saying all the right things, though. Like I said, it's nothing wrong. It's just, these are not the things I feel like you build a good marriage on. Hmm. You build a good friendship on. (laughs) But I don't think an equal friendship. I think it's a one-sided friendship. So at this point, because they're facing each other and just kind of the way that they're sitting, they are very close, they're touching. And Pastor Cal says he loves their hand placement. Yup. His hand was on the booty. And he's like, right cheek. (laughs) so jasmine says that there's a possibility of it working after d-day and he says some days he's in some days he's out but she doesn't want to do it just to do it she feels like there has to be a chance of them succeeding so she says that you can't say your marriage is or is not working until you no pastor cal says you can't say your marriage is or is not working until you try it outside of the process I don't agree with that. And I've said it before. <laughs> Jasmine has pretty eyes though. It just put, it just jumped out at me in this scene. I think people have signature colors because Jasmine's I think might be green. Because mm. she was wearing green this episode and in the decision day preview we see her wearing green again. Yes. So I'm like, and that dress that we liked that you own, green. <laughs> and the dress that she wore to the girls night out. Green. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back to talk about the rest of the couple's visit with Dr. Pepper and Pascal. Gal. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. So Dr. Pepper and Pascal stopped by Shaq and Kirsten's apartment and they asked them how they feel they have grown. Kirsten says that she feels like they've been learning, that they hear each other and acknowledge each other when they speak, and she's learning to lean on him. Pascal asked Shaq, how has he grown? Shaq goes on this tangent that he took what Pascal said, that in marriage you grow apart and then you're together and they always have this miscommunication, something about they're in a rowing, but they're not in the same boat. I'm like, Shaq, they asked you, how have you grown? <laughs> Basically, he never answered <laughs> the question. So Kirsten takes control and it was like, I feel like he adjusts um, now when I tell him something and also she's learned like, you know, you can't focus on the bad all the time. Dr. Pepper says, it sounds like you guys have learned to be accountable to each other. So I know one of the things that was a thing for you guys was like, you wanted to meet her dad and then you met the dad. How did it feel? She said that he was like, and I was like, huh? What? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> what kind of editing is this? You just took us through a whole roller coaster, which is another thing they said all through emotional roller coaster. And I'm like, why would you do that to us? Then we get a flashback of them doing a selfie cam in the car and Shaq saying like, you know, we're just at their house, her and her stepmom, and it was great. And Kirsten saying, oh, it felt good that they met and that they accepted him. And I'm like, how anticlimactic was that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like I said, I feel like this is probably the moment where Kirsten is like, she feels more secure with Shaq. So then she wants to introduce them. And I think Shaq is probably right all along. This is why they haven't met. She just didn't feel secure. What do you think? Um, It's a mystery to me. I do think that Kirsten's security within the relationship is directly related to Shaq meeting her dad because she could have taken him anytime. Yeah. Okay. Why did she wait till the last minute? I almost feel like she waited till the last minute. It's like, I don't know how, sometimes I'm married at first sight. Something seems to click to people at the last minute. Like, oh, I actually want this marriage to work. Like for real, for real. And I think she thought she couldn't get a yes out of Shaq on decision day unless he met her dad. So she made it happen. But I think we're saying the same thing. I think okay. she just realized that she likes him now. She wasn't <laughs> sure if she did. So she wasn't going to introduce him to someone that she was, you know, lukewarm about. But now she's like, dang, I really like this guy. And then she's like, okay, so now I can introduce him. So, um, 
Shaq says it felt good, but what is Shaq if he's not whining about something? <laughs> Why didn't it happen a few weeks ago? I wanted to be connected to her family. And Pascal says, well, you have it now. And then he says, you have the elements to be a power couple. I'm like, Pascal, please. <laughs> um, we move on to Eris and Jasmine. Um, they are on a kayaking date. Another date I want to point out that is geared towards what Eris wants. And then we find out that he planned it. I think we talked about how their dates seem to be missing something. It's never about what Jasmine likes. And Eris is a very active person. So all of their dates have involved some kind of activity or sporting or something. A physical exercise, if you will. And then I thought about what does Jasmine like? And I think it may be a case of if you ask Jasmine, what does she like? Would she know to say it? I don't know. So maybe that's why. I don't know. But they've just never had a date that I think was in favor of what Jasmine would like. I agree, except for, and this is an after party thing, because after party is where you actually learn what's going on on the show. Um, at one point, Eris said that they both loved live music and that they went to all these concerts together. In eight weeks? <laughs> uh, he said it. So I was like, we never saw them like go on these. So these apparently they happened. Maybe they were never on camera. I just I agree with you that we have never seen Eris take her on like a nice romantic date based on something she likes. But I wonder if that's because not if that's because not because it didn't happen. They just didn't show it to us. Not doing that. They're doing them a disservice. So Eris makes like. A rowing metaphor, like they're working well together, even when the tide is against them, they just stick together, yada, yada, yada. Jasmine says she's loving all the dates that they go on. I mean, who are we to talk if Jasmine loves it? So, <laughs> And those times are when she feels like, okay, maybe he wants this, maybe he's trying. And they sit down. Here's the problem with maps. When something happens, we have to sit down and they have to recap it. And then we have to watch it all over again. The problem is that for us as a viewer, we're watching it twice. We watch them do it. Then we watch them talk about it. So it's just double the scene. So, <laughs> and they talk about the same things. It's the same question. What do you need? How are you feeling? Is your mind made up? So anyways, um, he asked her if she's confident with her answer and I feel like I can make a conversation out of anything, but honestly, if I was a maths, I would run out. Like I said, they just talk about the same thing. I'd be like, I don't know what you want from me anymore. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so she says she goes back and forth and Eris is like, he's comfortable where he is, that he's seen the changes that he asked for. And Jasmine says she knows that she's giving 1000% and she's not going to have any regrets. She says it's going to take more work and intentionality. We have a listener who messaged us about the word intentionality. <laughs> Sorry, you had to hear it again. It was apparently in um, the new summer house, <laughs> Mother's Vineyard, and in another show. So I guess it's the reality show of the word of the day. Intentionality. It was Sheree. <laughs> yes, Sheree said it also. So anyways, she said it's going to take more work and intentionality. And for me, those, those are the words of a woman that's going to say no. How can you say it's going to take more work and intentionality when you have one day? Uh, 
I think the issue with the word intentionality is you have to follow it up by what you're being intentional about. So not to, you know, diverge, but with Sheree and Martel, I'm like, so you're intentionally just having fun, just fucking around, not actually doing a relationship. Or are you intentionally doing the opposite of that? We don't know. All we heard was intentionality. I mean, my hot take is they're intentionally planning this together and it's all a ruse, but that's besides the point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's your intentionality. So then Pastor Cal says it's good they have each other to lean on and then we see them getting ready. So they have a boys night out and a girls night out and they're showing us different scenes uh, parallel to each other. They are still pushing this whole Mac and Gina thing because so random. Aries gives like a confessional, like, I'm not saying anything about the whole Mac and Gina thing. That's their business. So I didn't say anything. So you're probably right. This has to play out in a bigger way because why is this even a thing? <laughs> so Aries asks everyone, where's your head at? Where's your head at? And they joke that, uh, Except Chris. Like, Chris is not part of it. We already know Chris is saying yes. Or not. I bad for him. Um, so Clint shares what Gina said, how she had bizarre energy and all that kind of stuff. They flip back to the girls. Um, they're all there, but Jasmine is late. Gina shares what she said. She actually, to her credit, said she did say bizarre personality. And I'm very surprised no one flinched and said, you said that? And... <laughs> You know, she's like, this is why I don't like this game. I was like, it's not a game, Gina. <laughs> because, you know, I don't want to give him a complex. And then Nicole, who I guess thinks she's a marriage therapist now, was like, it's not bad. Like, Gina, I was like, that's what I said. Like, it's not anything you're doing wrong. I'm like, that, that, that's, not, that's not what you said. And also, choosing bizarre over eccentric is a choice. <laughs> Take a deep breath, T. So Chris is not my flavor. You don't have to describe it as a specific thing while saying that it's not for you. Honestly, eight, there's so many words. You could easily be like, I prefer someone who's low-key or a fun guy and you like to be out there. And there's nothing... Let's move on. So Chris says that they're doing good. And Clint says, you know what? In a bizarre way, I'm waiting for you guys <laughs> to have your first argument. And he says, that hasn't happened yet. I don't know why I was surprised. They haven't? They've had tiffs, I guess, but I guess that doesn't count as an argument. Yeah. You know what's weird? I swear in the first previews, there was some big Chris and Nicole argument that never happened. It's not the one where she says, if you can't deal with this, then there's the door. No. It was the way the preview cut it together. It was when they were doing those love notes outside at the retreat, but it just never happened. You guys, if you remember it, please let me know. But I'm just like, they really tried to act like Nicole and Chris were going to get into an argument. But now I recall that they never did. Was it the scavenger hunt? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't remember anything. I just remember the, yeah. Maybe when she was in a bad mood. I don't know. I think I considered maybe the tiff about the apartments or living separately. But then I remember it wasn't really like an argument. It was just more, they disagreed and just kept quiet so it didn't turn into a fight so yeah they haven't had an argument that's not necessarily a bad thing danielle and bobby never had an argument and here we are three kids later how many years later they're still together so clint says he just wants them to have an argument because he wants to see how they handle it and if they do it and they can go through it and handle it with grace and whatever they can go anywhere um clint is a marriage therapist for the guys apparently 
Um, Aries says, like, the thing is, I can't see Chris going off on her, but I can see her go off on him. And then they call Chris a Labrador. And then they switch to the girls. And to me, Nicole is making a problem where there isn't a problem and saying that Chris is so nice and she doesn't want him to keep doing things just to make her happy. And then in the process, lose himself. I said it and I'll say it again. I think, yes, he gives in because sometimes that's what you do. But when he doesn't want to, there's a reason why you haven't agreed on a housing. <laughs> Again, he would have given in and made you happy and just made a decision. He hasn't. He's the one who wants to live separately. So again, I don't know where this narrative is coming from. I know everyone else has said it. So I'm surprised that it was coming from Nicole. So I, I will say that this is one of those moments where I was like, this is Tane's thing, where when you come to the group, you have to come with problems because no one wants to hear that everything's perfect. But this is what Nicole has come up with. That's what you said a few weeks ago. And that's what I was thinking when I was watching her try to come up with something. <laughs> I mean, good for them. I'm glad these are their quote unquote problems. They're good. Um, but yeah, and this is what pisses me off. Gina comes in and was like, what do we call him? He's a golden retriever. I'm like, stop comparing this man to dogs. Like, <laughs> I just, I just didn't like it. The guy's a nice guy. Like, where do we living where we're making fun of someone for being a nice guy? He's not a pushover. Um, she says her decision is pretty much set, but she doesn't want him to say yes because he feels like if he says no, he's going to hurt her. I'm like, just let this man love you. <laughs> so, and she wants him to think about the future and not just today. I'm like, well, I think that was a, not a dig, but I think that was a pointed comment towards the apartment because <laughs> clearly if you're going to live, if you're going to stay married to someone, that is the future that you're thinking about. So that's the only thing I could think of. If he's thinking about today, he's just like, we're just going to worry about this. We're not going to talk about housing afterwards. So that was my interpretation of that line. Um, then Jasmine comes in looking gorgeous. The only thing I would have changed, I wanted to slap some earrings on that ear. It just looked naked without earrings. So maybe she forgot, maybe she was rushing, but other than that, her dress was gorgeous, hair was on point. She looked great. Kirsten says that for her, they are putting in the work and it's intense and it's stressful now, but it doesn't always have to be that way, that she just wants them to relax and just be. Nicole goes in a speech that she hopes that Shaq sees the amazing woman that she is because she knows that he can be emotional and hopes that he can see the growth that she has and not just focus on the bad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then Shaq shares to them that he finally met her dad. And Clint is like, oh, what is he like? Like, I just had in my head that he's like a straight shooter. Um, Shaq says that no, that he's so loving. And even when they were there, he was cooking for his granddaughter. And he's such a gem that he could be such a father figure to him. And he said that made him optimistic that this could be something. I think this was the missing piece for Shaq. Um, as small as it may seem, I just think the things that are very important to Shaq are, are different. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we've always guessed. I, I did find it like I understood that the dad meeting the dad was really important. But I think I saw meeting the dad as just like part of it was the same thing when she said she didn't want to bring him around her friends and stuff. Uh -huh. I thought it was more about does Kirsten want me to be part of her life? I didn't realize it was just some box that had to be checked with a 
quick meeting with her dad. I, or maybe he didn't say it, but I was like, so is meeting her dad an indication to you that she wants you to be part of her life? I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it. So I think Shaq's issue is he throws a lot of weight to things that don't have to have that much weight. They're in a weird, ex- not weird, well, it is weird. They're in a, should I say bizarre experiment and it's not going to be the same as everything else. So for him, meeting the dad is like this huge piece in the puzzle and it gives him this security and support that he wants. And then her showing support is like this huge thing, but he can't even tell us what that is, but it's a huge thing for him. So he throws so much weight. And I think that was why when Devon gave them advice, like don't make the expectations so high. He puts so much weight, so much expectations that like you said, it's done. And to him, okay, that's a huge weight lifted off my shoulder. And for us, like you said, it's just like, uh, you just met him for five minutes. So <laughs> not that big of a deal. You don't know if he's going to hate you next time. You don't know. So No, he said he wanted him over for beers. That's what Kirsten said. Yeah. People say, <laughs> I'm just people say let's catch lunch. <laughs> I'm, just I'm sure he liked him. I'm sure he did. Um, so Clint asked, but here, let me ask you this. Do you have fun together? And I feel like Clint asked that question for a reason. <laughs> Maybe they always look stressed together. I don't know. <laughs> but we've seen them dance and have fun. So Shaq says, well, in this process, they haven't. But he feels like they can afterwards and focus on each other. And then Clint asks a very random question. Can you see yourself single again? And I, and I think there are two ways to look at it. You can say like, oh, do you miss being single? But I think what Clint was going for was like, do you like her enough that if you're not with her, you would miss being single? It's just a very roundabout way to ask that question. <laughs> so Shaq says, well, he doesn't know if he wants to see himself single again. And his favorite thing is going to sleep and waking up to someone in the morning. That just waking up and hearing her say good morning gives him a sense of security. Again, just like I would like to see Gina in a relationship, I would like to delve a little deeper into Shaq why he needs a lot of support and security. Because <laughs> uh, that's the thing. So Clint asks Eris, do you miss the single life? Eris says yes and no, that he's done it for so long and he has experienced the butterfly feeling when you like someone, but he's also experienced how after after some time passes, you feel it leave and you know that it's just temporary. That, you know, at the couple's retreat, that when he left and he missed her, Miss Duchess, that he was just like, wow, maybe there is something um, to this. So I have a question for you. Because I say thinking this at this moment, do you think Eris will say yes on decision day? I could not <coughs> to tell you. It's really fun now because based on after party alone, I feel confident in saying that Eris and Jasmine are no longer together. Yes. But that has nothing to do with what people say on decision day anymore. That is true. Like, I feel like I'm confident that Jasmine is going to say no. But Eris, I don't know. I also, I you asked me a very simple question and I can't seem to give you an answer. But I also... Know, know, Shaq. <laughs> Thanks, Shaq. <laughs> I, also, I also think this question about, well, do you want to go back to being alone? If Eris says yes, it is simply because... The idea of having someone around has been good enough. Yeah. Not because he's madly in love with Jasmine or even because he thinks he can get a marriage with her, but he's willing to give it a go because he's like, well, it's better than being by myself. Yes. Um, I... So to your question, I don't know, 
But I could see him say yes under those circumstances. I'm hoping that he's better than that and he just says no because clearly he and Jasmine are going nowhere. I'm leaning to a saying yes only because I feel like he's going to have strong FOMO. He just doesn't want to regret it. So we'll find out. Next week is decision day. <laughs> so Gina shares that they had a pole dancing class. Nicole just makes a joke like, oh, we wanted to be invited. But she's just kidding. Um, Carson says that I feel like, oh, uh, G- Jasmine mentions that Eris came by and Gina was like, I just left <laughs> and left them to it. And then Jasmine is like, I just started twerking. He started putting money around. And then Carson is like, oh, I feel like that's something that he would enjoy, that that's his element. And then Jasmine got all feisty and is like, yeah, I'm sure. Big girls, fat asses. And then Carson is like, um, I meant something his wife would enjoy. And then Gina <laughs> covers her eyes in embarrassment. And then she just calms down. There's something you said last week, I think when after party where you were like, Jasmine never seems comfortable on the show. And I think this is one of those instances. It's almost like, oh God, I would never give Fallon credit. But this was the first time where I actually thought about, is she trying to be her best self? And half the time she really just wants to go off on Eris because (laughs) she always just gets all feisty about something and it's just like what are you getting feisty about at this time and then the times you expect her to she doesn't so i'm wondering if she's holding back a lot just to keep the peace but see she's been getting all this credit for talking and not keeping the peace but honestly when is sharing her feel i don't know when is sharing her feelings not kept the peace (laughs) somehow she shares her feelings and eris doesn't uh, maybe she's a great communicator. I don't know. I mean, she said she wasn't a great communicator, so I don't know. But I think a lot of the time when she wants to express her, I don't know. I just feel her like real she- feelings she holds back. Yes. I think she's still holding back because she doesn't like Eric, um, Jasmine doesn't really want to rock any boats. I feel like she should have just let herself have one, let him have it, and just rip him to shreds. Just I don't want one. her to do that. I don't think that's true to who she is as a person. So I wouldn't want her to do that. Well, it's not who she is as a person, but that's also what hasn't served her in life. Is being considerate of other feelings. That's why Eris feels like all his comments have to be, I've seen the growth in you. You've done this for me. But it's never about what he has done and what she has done. Like, yes, yeah, she's speaking, but that's after prompting. But sometimes... You got to let people know the real you so they know not to mess with you. <laughs> hmm. I'm half kidding. No, I really wish she would have ripped him in one. I'm sorry. I feel like he got away with a lot. <laughs> um, but yes, if that is who she is, like she should stay true to herself. Like don't get out of, out of character for nobody. But um, Jasmine does say that, well, okay. I'm glad he got to see me um, in my element, but that she has to see action real quick. To me, she's just dropping nuggets as she's saying no, but who knows. Um, she tells them that he told them, Pascal and Dr. Pepper, that things could change after decision day. And But Jasmine is like, but that's not action. It's just words. And oh, Jasmine. <laughs> and Nicole says, well, it almost feels like he's waiting till after for things to get going. We switch back to Eris. 
And Eris says that he was shocked um, at how much he got out of the meeting with Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal, that he got a lot out of it. He says that they asked him to say the things that he likes and he everything that Jasmine touches, she's passionate about. And that's so inspiring. Like he always thinks this, but he's never seen it in real life. And that she creates a peaceful environment for him. <laughs> the emotional support, like you said. And Pascal was saying, like, everything you're saying is intimacy. And it suddenly clicked on him that he was leaning towards one way, but now they gave him things to think about. Like, in what way do you interpret that as you were leaning towards yes, and then now you're thinking about saying no? Of course, it's like you were leaning towards no, and now you're thinking about saying yes. Lean all the way back, Eris. All the way back. <laughs> um... Then Gina channels her best Nicole and is like, she hopes that Eris makes the wise decision and chooses for them to stay together because she's an amazing woman. And I just love how it is not a possibility that Jasmine will say no. So why does Eris have to make the quote unquote wise decision? You have to wonder how much the influence of the other person's answer, much like uh, love is blind. Like if, Eris says yes. Do you think if Jasmine was planning to say no, she might say yes? Mm. You know, that's one thing I don't think the producers have influence over. Oh, you don't? Okay. You don't think that they have influence over people saying yes or no? Yeah. You're probably right about that one. I could be being naive. Like, as cynical as I am, that's just one thing. It's just like, listen, we're done. We've done our jobs. Just let us know what it is so we know what order to put you in. <laughs> but again I think about how Miles said he was going to say no and then she walked in in an orange dress and she said yes because the thing is you cannot control what they are going to say on the couch I think I, I'm very cynical I think that they have to tell the producer their answer before they go out and that the producer tells them who's going to go first and who's going to go second based on the knowledge I agree. I do not believe that Miles changed his mind at the last minute. Um, I think he just wanted to give her a nice compliment about the dress. We didn't find I, out until years later. I still don't believe him. Okay, but what I mean is, I agree that they have to tell them that and they have to know who's going first or not. But I'm saying physically, when they sit down and open their mouths, you can't control what they're going to say. There you go. So if Miles perhaps did change his mind... I would. I swear to you, though, if, if I were to have an opportunity to ask a producer in their season a question, I would ask, what answer did Miles give before he went to the thing? Because I don't believe his story. <laughs> but I see what you're saying, that, yeah. yes, the, the producers cannot stop them from saying yes or no. Yeah. And if it's different from the answer that they told them they were going to say. Yeah. That would be very interesting. We see a group of guys that producers send over. Why do I say that? Because they were already mic'd. <laughs> This guy's mic was in his pocket. It was just sitting right there. So they sent them over and they, okay, so they swarm all over them and they're just like, oh, what are you guys being here for? And Nicole is like, they're celebrating being married. And then Gina adds, but, and then Nicole is like, well, some of us might not be in a few. They're like, who are the ones that might not be? And then they start going to Nicole saying that she's a, she's an alpha or something. And they're like, oh, your husband is he a beta? And they're just going on and on. So they all toast to the married life. But then they were going on and on about her husband. Is he a beta? And I just hated that Nicole even indulged them to be like, he's a grown beta. He's a grown man. Because I didn't appreciate them. Just I felt that they were being rude about Chris. Uh, what did you think? Yes. 
But I, you know, I I know that they were mic'd and stuff, but I was like, did they like actually cast these guys to come here and flirt with these girls, or would they just happen to be at the bar and they're like, we can create something? Max has been so stale that I actually think that they brought these guys in just to flirt with them. They have. This is how we know how to measure the season, like from nowhere. Like we're now pulling things out our asses, and then you know she's like, I just didn't understand when she's like, he throws it down. I'm like, but what? You don't owe these guys anything. They don't know you. They don't know your husband. They don't need to know you. Like, I would walk away. And then one of them goes to Kirsten. I was like, oh, what are you focused on? And Kirsten is like, my husband. I'm like, get it, Kirsten. That's how you shut it down. She's like, I don't miss date. I think if Kirsten was unsure, would it should say yes or no? The streets, the dating streets are brutal. Kirsten was like, yeah, I don't miss the streets. Like, <laughs> I'm going to say yes. We're not doing this all over again. I'm just going to work things out with Shaq. So, <laughs> One of the guys is talking to Nicole, and then he says that he's a breeder. And then Nicole is like, oh, she's a breeder, too. And then he starts talking to Jasmine. And can I tell you, A, I took a step back, and I'm like, why do they not feel married to me? <laughs> oh, no. I was like, <laughs> I get the supposedly people are married. But some people are married, but they're not really in relationships. Jasmine and Eris are not in a relationship as far as I'm concerned. So if Jasmine, I was like, give this guy your number. He can call you after decision day. Like, <laughs> But just like you said earlier, it's not true to her. But I think we're on the same page because I'm like, I don't care what Gina does. But if Jasmine, I was like, this seems like a match. Assuming that's his real stuff and producer didn't feed all these things to sound like a match. But I'm like, you know, get some insurance, give him the number. But the right thing to do is you should always end a marriage. Like if if we if we gave um what's his name? Ryan grief for not ending his relationship. They were not in a relationship. They were in separate rooms and all that for being back into dating apps. Like just do the right thing and end the relationship before you start something. It's still disrespectful to your marriage. But I was just like, but a little part of me like you was like, well, maybe you should. I, I would know. like to raise some technicalities. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Ryan was on a dating app looking for somebody. Uh-huh. Jasmine was just filming the show that she promised to film, and then they brought guys for her to look at. Uh-huh. So, it's not, so if she slipped the number, it would not be the same thing at all. Uh, both require shutting down. And not initiating anything with another human being. <laughs> I know you're right. I just don't want you to be. I got you. I understand. Completely understand where you're coming from. We just want our girl to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Jasmine says, does she like the attention? Of course she likes the attention. But she cannot think of any other offers because she's married. So then she's doing a confessional. And then this lame ass comes over to her, brings out his car keys, and he's like, it's outside. She's like, what? (laughs) And she's like, it's a 740. And I'm like, okay. And it's just one of them. I'm like, okay. And then he keeps saying, let's go, let's go. I'm like, this is all rude, uncomfortable, disrespectful. Like Jasmine's is clearly uncomfortable. And if this are the producers, I shame on you, producers. And this is the type of thing that made me not think it was producers because it was like, he didn't care about TV production. He was just like trying to hit on her exactly as he would if there was no TV cameras there. By the way, Tane, do you know what a 740 is? A BMW. See, I did not know. 
I so am I not said, one. I said that with so much confidence. Now I'm like, am I right? I think I am. Let me check. Um, I feel the opposite. Yeah, it is a BMW. Um, I feel the opposite. I feel like you tell someone you're going to be on camera, they are going to do the most. And they're going to tell their people, you know, I'm on TV and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And he's acting like there is a camera because that's what that kind of person would do. Okay. Um, yeah. And she's just trying to fix her chain and he's like, you don't need to do it. We could go to my car and I can fix it. Everything about it was sleazy and I hated it. In fact, my words were Lord end this season. Like just, just, just make it in now. So the couples come back. Gina tells Clint about the guys and Gina's like, they were throwing numbers out. And then Nicole tells Chris that Juan took a liking to Jasmine. She says she just wants Jasmine and Aries to give it more time. Aries says it's crazy for it to be the last night, and he's just reflecting how it was. Um, but, oh, yeah, I was going to say that we don't talk about Aries and Duchess because he mentioned Duchess. like He started out in the streets, and now he's walking Duchess. We talk about Hank and Clint, but, like, what's going to happen when, you know, Aries says bye to Duchess? He'll be all right. I think he'll be much in much better shape than Clint. <laughs> um, Eris asks how she feels about it being the last night. She says she's thankful that they were matched and she grew and was better because he was honest with her. Kirsten and Shaq getting to bed. And once again, they tell us it was an emotional roller coaster. And she feels like, you know, they have room to grow. And for decision day, they should both process everything they've been through and determine that it's something that they would like to do for life. She's like, she hopes God's will be done and it works out as it should be. And Shaq is like, on that note, Lord, it's on you. And that was the end. Tane, I have a couple questions for you. Hit me. So usually the last episode is friends and family. And then I complain about it because it's boring. But this episode, they talk to each other instead of their friends and family. Yes. But it was equally as boring because I watched them have these same conversations two weeks ago at the retreat. Yep. So, Tane, which do you prefer? Uh, No friends and family. Always. <laughs> <laughs> because we already had the friends and family last week. That's when Carson had her brother. And now someone talked on the phone. Uh, Shaq talked to his friend on the phone and all that kind of stuff. But anytime we don't get friends and family, I'll take it. Which do you prefer? I think I prefer this. I feel like attempts were made to make this interesting. We got some guys there hitting on the girls. We got some, but the sitting around and talking, like I actively feel bad for Eris when he says, what's everybody thinking about decision day? When I know that two weeks ago he had to say the same thing. And I don't think he was really into saying it either time, but it's like, this is my job. I got to do it. Yeah. I just, it felt very anticlimactic. Like until you like texted me and was like, oh, next week is decision day. I never would have guessed because usually we see them like pack bags, say goodbye, separate and all that. It just didn't feel like the last night. I think we're going to watch that next week. (laughs) Okay. Which I'm like, but I didn't need to, I don't need to see people packing bags or saying goodbye or doing another selfie cam saying you're thinking really (laughs) hard about this. I'm seeing you talk about how you're thinking really hard about this for weeks on end. Okay. Sorry. My second thing that I should have brought up probably at Maps Land, you guys, this week, Oprah Winfrey went and delivered the commencement address at Tennessee State University, which is where Shaq works. And I was like, how I'm obsessed with Oprah Winfrey. How did I not know that she went to Tennessee State University? 
an HBCU? How did I not know this? You can't win them all, Aid. Oh, I was ashamed. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe Shaq didn't mention it. If Oprah Winfrey went to the school where I worked, you would hear about it every day. Anyways. <laughs> Tane, who has your bouquet this week? Lord, I cannot believe it, but my bouquet goes to Karsten. Um, it goes to Karsten for finally realizing that she really likes Shaq and making it happen to meet the dad because that was the missing puzzle for him. And I truly, truly appreciate her shutting this man down when she says, I'm focused on my husband. Like, it just replays in my head all day long. She said it with a smile, too. So I like that. Who has your bouquet? My bouquet goes to Clint. I liked that he somewhat tried to call Gina out for the things that she said that she really shouldn't have said. Yeah. I think he was very graceful. I yeah. feel like he let it go really easily. And I'm not really sure that I think it, it could have warranted a more uh, negative reaction. And he just, he took the high road. And I feel like that's been kind of Clint's theme this whole season. Yeah. When she refused to move in when she like Clint took the high road. So he gets my bouquet this week. You know, that's a very good bouquet. Cause I, I did want to make, I did want to make that point because I think, she said it, like, glad we had that conversation. And I'm like, God, nothing was resolved. Clint was just the one to make peace and let it go and realize, like, you know what? Nothing is getting through to her. It doesn't matter. Because she's like, he's like, oh, I don't like you saying that I'm bizarre. She's like, yeah, but you are bizarre. I'm like, oh, my God. So. <laughs> Even if she had just said, but I think you're bizarre. That's your opinion. It's not a statement of fact. Well, not to her. She's like, how do you not know that you're bizarre? That's weird. Oh. Who has your burnt ashes? I don't care. It's the last season, so she gonna get it again. It is Gina. G-I-N-A. <laughs> I don't need any reasons. You all know how I feel about it, and that's on that. Who has yours? Shaq. <laughs> I I just feel like he's a little whiny. And he is. I, he's not terrible. He's not a terrible person. But the complaining about the lack of support, we're in the last episode. We still have to hear it. We still don't know what he's asking for. Um, I just, I, I don't understand how I went from liking Shaq so much to really not really liking him less. I still think he's fundamentally a very nice guy, I'm sure. Yes. But he has some issues. <laughs> you just reminded me of one more reason why she got my bouquet. Putting up with Shaq has to be exhausting and she does it with grace. <laughs> So that's it for this week. You can find Tane on the rewatch with Nana. They have just started season 6B of Sex in the City. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support, for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on whichever platform that you listen to us. And don't forget the episode next week is going to be late, so look out for it on Tuesday the 23rd. See you then. Bye. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.